0: This episode of Talk Fitness is in partnership with The Vitamin Shop, where knowledgeable health enthusiasts are standing by to help you thrive every day. I remember learning about the Ironman a long, long time ago, and I thought, what kind of person can do that. It's so incredible. And it's such a commitment to train and to have that that physicality. And I thought, wow, that is really something. So I'm excited to have the wonderful Ted Spiker back on the show. I just think he's so fantastic. He is a chair of the Department of Journalism at UF. He teaches advanced magazine writing and sports media and society. He has been an editor at Men's Health. He does a great blog, big guy blog for runnersworld.com. He was named by greatest.com as one of the 100 most influential people in health and fitness. And he was named the 2016-17 Teacher of the Year for the University of Florida. Ted, hello.
1: Hi, Lisa. Thanks so much for having me.
0: It's so great to have you on. I don't even remember how long ago it was that I heard about the Ironman. I mean, like years and years and years and years. And I, like I said, I was just, wow, that is I can't even run around the block. Oh, I can. But this is just incredible. So for people who are new to this, can you break down the Ironman? And then I want to hear like every detail, what your training was like, how many blisters you got on your feet. Well, maybe not that, but, um, (laughs) you know, everything that went into it.
1: Sure. Yeah, so Ironman I I'm with you. I remember seeing it as a kid on um, you know, on TV they would show this event. I was just in awe of it yeah. because I was like, wow, this is just an amazing, you know, physical feat. So essentially it's a the full Ironman is a 2.4 mile swim, a 112 mile bike followed by a marathon, 26.2 miles, all done. Okay, that's uh, wow, right in a that's row. So crazy. Yeah, in one in one shot and here's the kicker of it all. So the kicker is for it to count as an Ironman, you have to finish within seventeen hours. So if you finish within if you finish in seventeen hours and one second, the time next to you is DNF did not finish. So even if you finished, if you didn't finish under the time limit, um, you get a DNF. So it's not just can you complete it, but you've got to finish it in seventeen hours. Wow.
0: That's now I do want to know about the blisters. That's a lot of running. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a it's, it's a long day, especially when you go as slow as I do. So, um, yeah, it's a it's a it's a crazy adventure for sure.
0: So, when did you decide? Okay, this is something I want to do.
1: Well, you know, I always had it in the back of my mind that this was something I would love, but I was never a good athlete. I was, you know, I was, you know, the the kind of person that just yo-yoed a lot with Wade. So, you know, I'm on the bigger side. I'm more built like a, you know, a lineman than a, than a, than the person you normally think of as being an endurance athlete. So I never really thought it was possible that, you know, I was going to try this and I had dabbled a little bit. I, I liked to run. I had done a couple smaller, um, triathlons when I was back when I was working at men's health, um, never fast, but you know, my mantra is plug away. And, you know, see what you can accomplish and, you know, try to get done what you can get done. So, um so I had done a couple of, um I'd done a couple of run events and I did a couple obstacle course races. And one of the guys who I did the obstacle course race with was, um this was back in 2012. One of the guys I did the obstacle course race with said, okay, you know what we're doing next? I said, well, he said, we're doing an Ironman. I said, yeah, you're out of your mind. He had just <laughs> finished one. And, you know, he um, spoke so highly of it. It was like you know he was, he was a changed person. He loved it. He loved the training. He loved the sense of accomplishment. He loved the fact that this was like, this was like the peak of athleticism, right? You, if you could do two point four oh, swim, yeah. one hundred and twelve bike, and a twenty six point two run, then that's like, you know, that's pretty, that's pretty good. And I was like, oh, yeah. do you see me? I'd you say know? So. Do you see me? <laughs> I am not built to do an Ironman. Yeah. So, no, Have we're doing you it. Seen me? So. <laughs> <laughs> so, so in order to get into the one we were going to do, we were, we were going to do Ironman Florida because it's close to where we live, about four hours away. You had to volunteer at the um, the year before, so um, so we went up and volunteered, and we were stationed at the one of the run stations and helped people kind of with their um, supplies and bags and. I'd never, i had seen it on TV, but I'd never been in the, you know, live with it. And it was just unbelievable to see the people just gritting and grinding away and realize they had been going since seven o'clock in the morning. And, you know, where we were stationed, they had 13 miles left to run. And it was, it was just, it was inspiring, you know. And um, the next day we got in the registration line and registered and off we were, off we were going. And it was a year of, uh, for me, especially, you know, not being super, Into this world at at that time was uh, it was a pretty intense year of of training and getting prepared and and worrying right you know I wanted to I wanted to finish I wanted to have this accomplishment I didn't want to put all this training in for a DNF and um, you know it was it was it was it was definitely a lot.
0: All right, Ted. So tell us about the training experience and get into all the details.
1: Yeah. So you know you know I I had done a few triathlons before you know years ago and um knew a little bit about it and just from writing about health and fitness I had a pretty good sense of what it would entail but you know I certainly relied on my um, friend who had been through it before and also did my own research to kind of figure out what would work for me cuz really the the tricky part of training is not just the fatigue of having to train for three disciplines but it's how do you work that into your life right cuz life doesn't stop just because you are crazy exactly. and want to do this big um event, so you know, so what I tried to kind of do was you know my goal I wasn't trying to reach any certain time, my only goal was i needed i needed sixteen fifty nine fifty nine right I mean, I didn't want it yeah. as close as that, but that was the only goal is just make sure you get um under seventeen hours, so I tended to break it up into i swam two or three days a week, I ran two to three days a week, and I biked two to three days a week. So what I ended up doing was and obviously you gotta pair them up because the math doesn't add up. So sometimes you're doing a morning and afternoon or a morning and night type workout or sometimes you're trying to get them both done at night or in the morning or whatever works for your schedule. So the way I tried to approach this was I could I did my short workouts and um, you know, as much as I could during the week and then I was fortunate enough to be able to work from um, home on Fridays. So that's the day I saved for my big long bike ride. So I would go as soon as the sun went up and get my long ride in. So, you know, that was fine when we first started training, but then you start to get to 60, 60, 70, 80, 90 mile rides that eats up a big chunk of the day. And then I would do my long run on one day on the, um, weekend. Um, and that's, that's how it sort of broke up. You know, if I'm looking in hindsight of how I would have done it differently, I definitely didn't spend enough time on the bike. Um, I okay. spent a lot of time swimming cause I wanted to try to, you know, be decent in there. But when you look at the grand scheme of things, the swim is at only a fraction of your day. You know, you should really, you know, obviously you want to do as well as you can, but I wish I'd spent more time just working on kind of power speed and endurance on the bike. And if I had done that, I probably would have had a little better performance on, on race day. Um, you know and cuz that's such a key component cuz it takes up a big part of your day and you figure that gosh even when you're running you can walk and and keep moving forward but it's hard if you're not really trained up on the bike so in hindsight i wish i had put a little bit more emphasis on the um on the uh on the bike but i would say maybe 4 weeks out i mean and i knew this was coming but the my friend who you know got me into this mess um, said we are, you know, you're doing a simulation day, you know, about four weeks out. So basically you would swim to 2.4 miles and you were going to bike 112 and then you were going to run six. Right. So that's going to give you the confidence to know you're going to get this done. Right. Yeah. You still got 20 miles more you have to do on race day, but just doing that simulation is going to have you mentally prepared to, uh, to do it. So I guess it was about four weeks out, you know, because you can't totally simulate it because you don't really have open water sure. in Florida, it's easy to, to go out and do 2.4 miles without the risk of uh, wild animals infringing on your uh, training. So, <laughs> uh, so, uh, so quick drove to the pool, did my two, you know, 2.4 miles before the sun came up and then, you know, drove back home and got on the bike did the, did the bike. And then instead of doing six, I ended up just doing two. Cause I was just cooked. I was just like, okay, I got oh through two thirds of the workout. I'm just going to try to put my feet together and get a little bit of work in. Um, and I did, and, and I felt good. It was a long training day that basically the whole day was shot doing that one, but I got it in and it gave me some confidence going into, into race day. But, um, to be honest, I was most worried. I, I'm not a, you know, I don't cycle that much. I, I bought a used triathlon bike and, Um, my biggest concern was, man, if I get, if I get a flat on race day, you know, that's going to eat up so much time because I'm not. I'm not used to changing flats. I mean, I practice it, but I'm not used to it. I'm be sweaty and grimy and nervous. And I needed every second I could get. And I knew that. Um, so it's almost like all these little things you actually need to train for. You need to train for how your body's going to react to food, what kind of food you can have, what, could, what you can bring on yeah. the bike. Cause my, my friend was like, Oh, this is the formula you want, you know, using these powders and these electrolytes. And my stomach just couldn't, my stomach is pretty sturdy when it comes to uh, <laughs> being able to eat a lot of different things. But, some for some reason the this kind of mix of endurance stuff just did not agree so i ended up taking like uncrustables and packing them on my bike and i was like this is what i need for fuel because i because i agreed with it pretty well um for those long endurance rides but it was tough because it's a november race and this is florida so our peak training is in 90 95 degree weather and uh Ooh. you know i can tell you you know you mentioned the blisters it was the chafing and the frothing that got me. I mean, I just I would get off after a bike ride and 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 chafed all over one, and then just I I I saw things come out of my body that I'd never seen before. It was just like it was like it was like root beer froth. I was like, what is this? You know, um, <laughs> but you know, you just plug away and see, you keep the goal in mind, and see from? if you get it done.
0: I mean, what part? Of I don't know. Do
1: know? Well, it was probably on, like Ted. salt. Like and... your groin, your butt, your oh, no! Legs, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was that. on my thighs. Oh, it was on my thighs.
0: <laughs> on your thighs. Yeah.
1: Okay. <laughs> yeah, it was on my thighs. I didn't even so, come yeah, out um, of your
0: butt, by the way. I meant like sweat on your butt, lower back kind of thing.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was everywhere. I mean, it was just, uh, you know, but it was primarily oh, thighs, and, um, you know, and there. So it was, uh, but I don't know what it was. I mean, I think it was, I guess, I assume it was some mixture of salt and um. Uh, you know, and sweat and just, just being out there for, for so long. So, um, the training was hard because it's hard to keep up with your, you know, job and family and trying to make sure you get in enough volume to be able to prepare yourself for, you know, for race day.
0: You know, it's, it's funny because I was just, when you started talking about food, I was thinking, I'm going to ask you about food because I'm assuming during that year of training, you're going to have to eat a lot more because you're exercising so much more. So what was that? Yeah,
1: and it's really, I mean, I mean, we could spend a whole time talking about the psychology of, of diet and food, but for someone who is not a quote unquote endurance athlete, somebody who's struggled with weight a lot, you know, how do you get in the mindset where it's okay to eat, you know? And not feel guilty about it. You know, you need to replenish calories. You need to fuel yourself for these long things. But to me, I was like, "Wow, this is a big training ride. This is going to be a chance to actually burn some calories and burn some weight." So it became this like little dance, this little psychological dance of, you know, you know, you got to fuel yourself, but oh my gosh, if I just can cut back a little bit here, maybe I'm going to actually drop some pounds, which is going to help me, you know, in the in the actual race. So you know, I had to kind of balance those two. You know, I, I. I don't think I did a great job with it because I t- erred on the side of, you know, that's what my friend was all over me about. He's like, you're not paying enough attention to your nutrition. You need to pay more attention to your nutrition. You're going to perform better, you know, with, you know, by thinking about this more and trying and, and really focusing on it because, you know, after all, as as we know, you know, calories are energy and that's that's what's going to get us through, um, you know, not just the race, but the training as well.
0: Did he feel like you were being too restrictive?
1: Yeah, he said I was not eating enough, which is something that's no nobody's ever said to me ever in my entire life. But um you know that's uh you know, he I wasn't eating enough. <laughs> you know, just wasn't eating enough. I mean you're putting in, you know, those bike rides, you're putting in six hour days. Those long runs, you're putting in two, two and a half hour, you know, runs. Um, you know, swim swimming makes me starving. I love it, but it makes oh, me starving. Me and, you know, he said I wasn't eating enough, especially beforehand, right? I'm a I'm a yeah. I'm a reward eater. So it's like, oh my gosh, I had a great workout. Uh, I guess I deserved a corned beef sandwich, you know but but to train for an Ironman, you really need to pre eat eat during it, and post eat to recover right and uh um, that was a mindset that I did not fully embrace, and it was it was hard to get past that and I think if I were to do another one i'd I'd be much smarter about the nutrition aspect
0: now, did he tell you what you should be eating more of?
1: Well, yeah, you know, I mean it's uh you know for the actual uh part he had these concoctions of uh of different mixes that are supposed to replenish carbs and and all those kinds of things and you know I mean I think there's different there's different viewpoints on kind of the ratios and what you eat you know most endurance athletes, I shouldn't say most but many endurance athletes certainly subscribe to you know the carb as your source of energy um you know but anybody who's looking to perform well is looking for kind of a mixed ratio of your macronutrients of carbs, fat and, and protein. Um, but I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not a high level performer. I didn't need to pie chart my macronutrients, right. I just, you know, tried to eat balanced and well. Um, and you know, probably not enough, but he, you know, you know, he was really good about trying to stay on me and say, you're not thinking about this enough and you got to pay more attention to it because you're going to need it.
0: All right. Take us to the day of the Ironman. I want to hear like what it was actually like when you were doing it.
1: Okay, um so you know, in, in, incredibly nervous but a calm 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 set of nervous. I would say it was not like the jitters that you feel before you public speak or do something, you know, that's very acute because it was like a low level of low level of stress for the entire day yeah. because I knew mm-hmm. I trained, I knew what I could I knew that I was in as good a shape as I could have been in. I knew I could have done more and I knew it was going to be close. So so there was a low level of stress of whether or not I was going to hit that seventeen-hour mark, um, and you know you get up early, you get up, you know it's a seven o'clock start, so we probably got up at four or four thirty to take in our first nutrition. So we were taking in like in maybe thirteen hundred calories right at the start because you got to kind of pre-fill um to get that base before you go out there and start um start going. So we had big, you know, bagels, peanut butter, uh, some shakes, you know, just you don't want to get you know, you don't want to be sloshing around so it was several hours before. Um, you know, get all our gear ready, make sure you have everything for your transitions and um you know, you're kinda milling around, a little nervous. You're well hydrated, so you're you know, going to the bathroom a lot and um then you step out onto the beach. This was in uh panama city in florida so we were swimming in the gulf um and you know your wetsuits on and national anthem plays and you know it's but you're about ready to go and my friend my friend was going to be much faster than i so we were not doing it together or anything so you know he just kind of grabbed my head and told me i was going to do it and uh you know off we went into the uh into the water and um you know, start swimming, you got to gotta go through these big breaks. And it's basically a two loop rectangle. So you swim out pretty far, make a left turn, swim back in run on the beach, swim out far, left turn, run back on the beach to get your mileage in. And I felt felt very good on the swim, felt relaxed. You get hit and kicked a little bit. I got one kick right in my gut when somebody in front of me stopped, oh. went straight up, oh right? Gosh. I don't know if they took a breath or whatever. And then when they went to go swim again, they kicked and that kicked me right in the gut because I had stopped because they were in oh front of me. My gosh. Um, but you know, I was, uh, you know, kind of, kind of got through the swim. I was, I was hoping to get through the swim between an hour and 30 minutes, an hour and 45 minutes. And I was hoping to be on the closer end of one thirty. and I got out of the swim in one thirty-five, and I was like, wow, oh my gosh, great day. You know, this is going to be good. I'm going to yeah. be good. And then got to transition, wetsuit off, get my bike stuff ready. And I knew this was going to be the hard one. So um, just went on my bike, you know, tried to be fairly, um, you know, steady. I didn't want to go out too fast. I didn't want to bonk. I just wanted to do what I could do. We had a pretty good headwind for the first 20 miles, which I was not happy about. Um, mm. But in the first 20 miles, I got passed by a ton of people. So instead of letting that get me down, I just told myself, you know what? I beat them all out of the water. So You know what, I'll I'll take that and just just run your, I mean, just ride your race right now. So I just plugged away and I just steadily got slower and slower as the, as the, you know, as the bike went on. And it was, it was pretty lonely out there because I was toward the back, you know, at this point. Um, But I got into the bike before the cutoff and I got in without any flats. So I was like, okay, you got, I think I had whatever, I don't know, I I got in about maybe 530 or something at night, you know. So that gave oh me gosh. no. It must have been a little earlier than that because I you have until midnight to to finish. But I told myself, you know, you got in. I I was I was obviously spent 112 miles on the bike, 2.4 miles swim. And It's like okay, here it is, right? You got 26 miles to go, and you just got to kind of plug away. So my plan was I was going to um, run. I think my plan was I was going to run two minutes and then walk a minute, and I don't care how fast I went. You were just going to get into that little rhythm and just keep going well I did the first mile like that two minutes one minute two minutes one minute and I've never felt this in my entire life but my entire body started cramping I've never felt that I mean you got side stitches you get cramps in certain muscles but it was like my whole body just started tightening and I was like oh my gosh okay I am not gonna be able to do this two minute one minute thing so you have to kind of readjust your plan so I said okay I got to mile one and I said, Okay you, I'm going to walk as fast as I can to mile five. I'm going to give my body a chance to reboot, get settled in and just walk as fast as I can. So I just, I mean, I wasn't doing like a race walk, but, and I, but I wasn't like loitering around the sidewalk. I, I just <laughs> kept walking as fast as I could. I just said, give yourself to mile five. Don't worry about what's going on around you. Just go. Yeah. So I got the five and I was okay. Um, And then I just got in the mindset where I was like, okay, just run when you can, you know, just run where you can. And I ended up getting into a groove where I would run a hundred steps and then just walk. And then whenever I felt like I could, I would run a hundred steps and then just walk. And then I had two bad, you know, I don't want to say bad moments, but kind of freak out moments on the run course. One was at the halfway mark, halfway marks, a turnaround. So you often see people ahead of you. So I could see that a guy was about, um, 10 minutes ahead of me and somebody comes up to him and says, they are tracking you not to finish this race. You have got to move it and you've got to move it now. I'm like, Oh, oh my okay. gosh. So this person's 10 minutes ahead of me and they're saying, did not finish. What are, they're track, They're predicting do not finish. I was like, Oh my gosh, what does that mean for me? So that yeah. ended up being my fastest mile in the whole race <laughs> was between <laughs> 13 and 14. <laughs> but then I settled in. I said, look, look, your watch is telling you you're okay. You're Okay. So it must have been they were predicting based off of his slowdown. You know, I don't know why that person was getting that message. And I was like, mm. they, you know, that's the lesson. It's like, stop worrying about people around you. You got to just take care of yourself. That's and my watch point. was telling me I was still ahead of time. So I got yeah. back into my 100-step mile, uh, hundred run and then and then walk. Um, and then my other kind of freak out was, this, to your blister question, is I had just a fired-up blister on the ball of my foot. Oh, it was just so on fire, and it was making it hard to run. Um, but I think about mile 17 or 18, I think it just finally just exploded. And it was, um, which was good, right? Cause it exploded and the oh. fluid was out and it was, it would actually, it was a little bit more comfortable to run at that point. So I just kept my rhythm, talked to a few people here and there as we went, it's, you know, it's dark. The, uh, the finishers, the really good people had been done for hours at this point They'd already had a meal, showered or hanging out. And it wasn't until about two miles left in the race that I knew that I had it. It was the first time all day where I was like, okay, I'm going to make it. Cause I think I was, I think I was at 16 and hours and a little bit with two miles to go. And I was like, okay, I can, I can, I can, I can walk slowly and make it by 17 hours. So for the last two miles, I knew I had it. And, um, I'll tell you, like as for someone who's never, um, had any success in athletics at all. Um, that last half mile was just incredible because they will they tell you that the last the finishing shoot of an Ironman is one of the most unbelievable experiences you'll have in the last hour of it because it's packed right it's not a, it's not like the end of a road race when everybody's gone and packed up the last hour of an Ironman the crowds are like three or four people thick and they're cheering and they're cowbelling. And so I came in in the last quarter mile and I was actually running. It was like the most sustained run I had you know, all raised. And I was <laughs> high fiving people. I was giving primal yells and I, it was, um, it was unbelievable. And I, I crossed the finish line in 1639 and I think 20 some seconds. So I finished with 20 That's minutes to incredible. spare and doesn't matter, you know, to me, it doesn't matter how fast or how slow I went. I finished wow. it and I got that medal and, um, The support I got from like people around me, family, friends, and um, you know, was just uh, was just incredible, and it was it was just a great life lesson about you know things you don't think you can accomplish if you kind of break down the process and do what you can to get there. You got a shot to you got a shot to do it, and uh, it was uh, I don't know if I'll ever do another one, but it was uh, something that I'll just hold for a long, long time.
0: Man, You are such a good storyteller. We only have like a minute left, but I'm just curious. Did you eat between events? As you said, you got out of the water, you got on your bike. Did you eat or did you have some kind of bar or those um, snackable things you mentioned? Because I'm like, how does he do this much? Yeah, it was a little
1: bit of, yeah, it was a little bit of everything. So I had a little bit on my bike, had a little bit in transition, my transition bags. And then on the run, they have aid stations. So what got me through the run was they had Coke, which I don't drink normally, but is incredibly yeah. delicious after you've been on your feet for 15 hours, and oh, I bet. Uh, chicken soup—so chicken broth—and mm. um, nice. I just—that was what I focused on. I was like, get to the next aid station, and get some Coke and chicken soup, and it was—it was awesome. And then I—you don't even want to hear what I ate after, but <laughs> 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 let's just say and many cheeseburgers yeah, like, okay, and pizza so what was did involved. You have to...
0: What if, I bet, what if you have to pee? Like, do people just stop? I mean, obviously, you just have to go, right? You're out in nature, and you're drinking yeah, soda and, and chicken yeah, soup. You're, you just got to zip to pee Yeah, you're supposed to practice on.
1: peeing on the bike. Yeah, you're supposed to practice peeing on the bike. That didn't go too well during my training. Um, wait, 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 you're supposed to but, pee yeah, while luckily, you're port, on the bike? <laughs> yes, yes. I did, not ma- I did not master that skill. Um, I tried, but I did not master it. Um, that seems wild. But there are, there, there, there are port potties <laughs> No, <laughs> no. Uh, right? there, there are porta potties. So I think I pulled over once on the bike. And then, you know, obviously, when you're running, it's a little easier to do that. So wow.
0: and I went Dad, like five times while I was swimming. <laughs> oh, that's a good idea. Nice. Yeah, that's a good. Yeah, get it all yeah. out. Ted, I yeah. am your biggest fan. Now I have to say I, I just think you're phenomenal. And I can't wait to have you back. I hope you will come regularly on the show. And I want you on my other shows as well. Tell us all the ways we can find you and your great work.
1: Um, so, I have a website, um, tedspiker.com. You can link to my social there. It's at Prof Spiker. Um, I also write the big guy blog for Runner's World. And if you search that, you'll be able to find some things there. Um, um, so, yeah.
0: Well, you're just awesome. All right. If you want to learn more about the show, you can go on Twitter at Talk Healthy the number two, or excuse me, Talk Fitness the number two day. There's also Talk Healthy the number two day. You can find all, everything you need. One stop shop, Lisa da, wait what's my website? It's your health with lisadavis.com. It's your health, com. There's so many sites and Twitters and this and that that sometimes I get mixed up. But I'm just so glad you're listening. Keep listening and stay well. This episode of Talk Fitness was produced by The Vitamin Shop, where trusted health enthusiasts help you thrive every day. Visit one of 800 stores across the country or head to vitaminshop.com for all your wellness needs.